If you buy an electric car today and it does not have V2L functionality, vehicle to load, which means you can plug in and withdraw 240 volts alternating current household grade electricity, just like out of the PowerPoint at home, then you are making one of the most dud financial decisions you could possibly make with an electric car. In this video, I'm going to show you exactly why and how much this functionality can save you. I'm John Gadogan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. Australia only. Website. Card. Now, I recently had a look at Australia's cheapest EV, the MG ZS EV, which was recently facelifted. And I've done a whole video on that. I will put a card sort of up there if my adult brain can remember to do so, okay? But one of the things I was thinking about this is V2L, okay? And a lot of people, they think about the amount of fuel they're gonna save with their EV, which is, in my view, a bit of a fool's errand because that makes your EV economically irrational. You can never save enough to pay it back, in other words. But if you've got V2L, right? the whole landscape of what that vehicle will save you potentially changes. So let's run the numbers and that'll explain to you exactly why this functionality is so important and so many people, including the sellers of EVs, overlook the principal benefits. Like dude, go to a website of a car maker today that sells an EV with V2L in it and you'll see pictures of I don't know, coffee machines and camping and plugging into electric frigging bicycles. And this whole thing misses the point because the battery in your EV is a store of energy. And if you're a typical Australian driver, you're not going to use most of that energy today. So you're kind of a nut if you don't lunch off it to power your home. Let's think about that. I just had a look at exactly how much those bastards at AGL charge me for electricity. They sent me an email a little while ago and they said, your rates are changing and knock me down with a friggin' feather. They didn't go down. They kind of went up. And the difference between off peak and peak really jumped as well. Peak is 71.2 cents per kilowatt hours, right? And off-peak is 18.4 cents per kilowatt hour, right? Difference being 52.8 cents. So here's a thought experiment. Let's say we had a dirty big battery, perhaps on four wheels in the driveway, and it had a shit ton of energy in it, okay? What if we charged it up at 18.4 cents, and then we plugged in and used that electricity at 71.2 cents to run, I don't know, the fat cave, your home office, the TV, the refrigerators, your air frigging conditioning all day long in summer or winter, just to keep the joint nice and palatable, and thereby you would save more than 50 cents for every kilowatt hour you burned. And you don't have to invest in a separate stationary battery to complement a solar system, hell, 
You don't even need a solar system above you on the roof in order to launch off this. You just need to be able to charge your EV off peak and you just need to use the electricity peak, okay? So let's think about the fuel saving aspect of EVs, okay? Because this is pretty easy to uh, basically get across the line. If you've got a car that is eight liters per 100 kilometers and you say, fuck that, I'm gonna go EV. You will save eight liters for every 100 kilometers. And the average dude or dudette with a car in Australia drives about 15,000 kilometers a year. Petrol's about a buck 80 a liter. And that means you will quote unquote save $2,160 a year, at least in terms of the fuel, but you will have to charge your EV. And you can just charge at home off peak. So if we did that, 15,000 Ks that you're gonna keep driving, right? That's uh, an EV like the ZS EV with a 50 kilowatt hour battery, 50-ish kilowatt hours, will do about 250 kilometers. So that's 60 charges, okay, of the 50 kilowatt hour battery. That's 3,000 kilowatt hours of off-peak electricity, which is gonna cost you 552 bucks. And you're gonna have to take that off the 2,160 you save by not buying petrol and going to the filling station and rejecting the two-for-one Kit Kats and all of that shit, right? And you'll save, your net saving will be 1,600-ish dollars, okay? That is a 3.2% return on investment for the works burger of MGZSs, okay? 3.2%, it's not a knee in the nuts, but it wouldn't be enough to get me across the line, frankly. But what about if we hedge our bets with the electricity? Literally, we burn it when it costs 71.2 cents, but we put it in at 18.4. So we'll put it in in the middle of the night and we'll use it during the day, okay? Now I'd looked at my bill, 15 kilowatt hours a day kind of thing on average. And let's say that we can do this 300 days a year. Let's say for 60 days a year, which is more than once a week, we're on some long distance drive where we need a full battery and the car's away from home, we can't do this. Let's say for 300 days a year, we kind of can because working from home, you can take the car, go to the shops, come back, plug in, whatever, okay? Basically, if we do this, 15 kilowatt hours per day, okay, we're gonna save 52.8 cents, which is 0.528 bucks, times 15 kilowatt hours times 300 days. That's $2,376 you can save. That is the biggest saving you can make with an EV. It's bigger than the fuel that you don't buy, even if you've got solar upstairs and it's quote unquote free, okay? So that in itself is a 4.8% return on investment. Now, if you were gonna do that, you'd wanna talk to a Sparky and do it in a responsible way. Like you'd actually want a dedicated circuit in your house which detected the battery being plugged in so that the mains got shut down and all of those appliances sort of seamlessly switched over to running off your EV. And likewise, when you disconnect. It's not much fun having 14 extension cords running through the house. So let's not do that. Let's come up with a slicker integrated solution for that crap, all right? Let's add what we can save by virtue of just, you know, ditching our EV and saving on the fuel, okay, to what we can save by hedging our bets with the different rates of electricity 
4.8 plus 3.2, that's a total saving of 8%. And incidentally, this saving here is 1.5 times what you will save just by thinking about the fuel. Okay, it's 1.5 times more. But if you add both of these strategies together, you will save about four grand a year. That's gonna be an 8% return on investment for purchasing a $50,000-ish EV. I'm using 49 grand because the MGZS EV essence is 49 grand drive away, okay? So it's gonna be an 8% return on investment. So show me something, show me the bank that's gonna give you 8% return on investment on your 50,000 buck term deposit. Like, it doesn't exist, dude. Over the five years that you might own that car, it's a $20,000 saving, right? That's gonna offset the depreciation somewhat, I'd suggest. And it's maybe enough to get you across the line if you're worried about the economic rationalism of this stuff. And it really does annoy me that not enough commentators and certainly not enough car companies are actually in the business of telling you about V2L and what a difference it can really make to the fiscal reality, like the economic rationalism of actually owning an EV. Because this fuel saving bizzo on its own is not enough economically, rationally to get anyone across the line. You'd have to put some value on clean air for our cities or energy security or doing the noble thing, the right thing, whatever. You'd have to put a value on that that is not monetary, but quote unquote, worth it. If you just operate in the domain of money, then hedging your bets between off-peak electricity, charging that dirty big fat sucker of a battery in your EV when the electricity is cheap and then lose, losing and using the stored energy when that electricity is being charged out to you at an extortionate rate, you can lunch off it at 18.4 cents when every other sap in the street is paying 71.2. So, dude, tell me that's just not the best deal of all time and the number one reason for buying an EV with the V2L functionality built in.